OTB GAA. You don't just have a speech the Wednesday before a game. You go out and you rile up your team and go out and play the match with fire and brimstone. Now you analyse teams to death. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave for your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. This is News Talk. Now you're welcome along. Wednesdays, Off The Ball coming at you. So on the football show, we're busy. Sam Lee of The Athletic on Man City, early in hand. And this extraordinarily interesting season they're having. We don't talk about Man City very often, but there's so many things going on at the club. We've completely forgotten about the 115 charges against them. That is old news. So Sam Lee will chat to us about all the goings on there. Marcelo Mora will talk to us about Messi and uh, Drug Cartel. More and on. Uh, the Dream Team are in for Wednesday Night Rugby. It's Grand Slam uh, build-up week, very much so. Jerry Thornley, Andy Dunn in the house and then Cheltenham day two. John Duggan joins us from the course at half past seven to fill us in. 53106, the text number. We're at Off The Ball on Twitter. Michael McCarthy here in studio. Hello. How are you doing? And Richie McCormack. Hello. Hello, Joseph. Mick, before I go any further, Pressbury Cup latest, Ireland 10, UK 4. Breathe easy. Two five twos Two in five. a row. Yeah, like this is just consistency of which, like, you know, the, how are you supposed to compete with that kind of level of consistent uh, excellence. Yes, the day started with awesome. the Willie Mullins 1-2-3 and I thought, we're going to be okay. Didn't quite get, get all the way down to eight this time, no? <laughs> no. In fairness, like, I watched the Champion Chase and Energamine won it, like, and it was one of those kind of... Who won it? Energamine, I'm going to say, Richie. Will you back me up on that one? Controversial. I, lit- I literally, I heard during the course of the commentary, and it's obviously, it's ITV's commentary that's carried yeah. on, on Virgin Media. I think during the course of the race they and the aftermath... Three different <laughs> pronunciations. Three. I don't think there's any settled pronunciation guide for energumen, energumen. I'm far from a horse racing expert, but I've actually known about this horse since he was, you know, like a novice over, you know, and honestly, because it, it was around, the, he was like getting ready to run the Arkle three years ago. It was when I was most at the Cheltenham. I know, I know this horse. I've seen this horse win the Chapel Chase last year. I've seen it win it this year. I cannot pronounce the name. It's a very, but it's it was an amazing performance. Oh, sorry, an amazing performance. Like, John yeah. talks about that, Jeb. But it is a very irritating thing that happens in horse racing. Yeah. Like, we just call it by a name that's easy to pronounce. <laughs> like, if I want, like, Kojo, Kato Star. Kato, 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 yeah, for how many years? Oh, like, that was yeah. the worst. <laughs> I could never remember. Just call it Dave. Mm. Dave the horse. Yeah, uh, so... <laughs> John will be along. He was talking to Robbie Keane, the great and the good. Wow. At Cheltenham today. Robbie, Robbie at Cheltenham. Yeah. Is he a I, racing fan? I have no idea. A uh, lot of footballers there today. Yeah. I saw Harry Redknapp. Okay. Interviewed by Mark Chapman. Who's going to win the league, Harry? Arsenal. Okay, right. Harry, Harry went all in on Arsenal. <sighs> and then, interestingly, Alex Ferguson doorstepped ahead of one of his horses' uh, okay. races. He's a co owner. I think actually a co-owner, not like a rock of Gibraltar. <laughs> don't start, don't open that Pandora's box. <laughs> and uh, Mark Chapman said, uh, Sir Alex. Sir Ar- Alex. Arsenal or Manchester City? Fergie said, not interested. <laughs> he doesn't like them trying to get the cheeky football interviews with him at no. Cheltenham. I've seen that a few times over the years, or even in Ireland when he's come over for races at RT, have tried to get their Alex Fergie. Well, they got the best quote out of him on... on you know, the last of the last ten years at Manchester United, where he said somebody needs to get control of the thing. Yeah. Who, who would have thought Punches Ten Racecourse? Would be but he immediately didn't realize. Like, I don't want to do this. Oh well, <laughs> as Mark Chapman was approaching him, 
he, you know, they've got the microphones and uh, Ferguson's I'm coming a while away and, and Chapman is, is saying... Well, you would see Chapman coming a while away. Indeed. Fair. There's a glow. He's saying, uh, yeah. Off a suit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's one man you should never doorstep. It's Alex Ferguson. And Ferguson says, why don't you take your own advice? <laughs> and I thought, oh, go on. Go full Hugh Grant here. But yeah. he gave, you know, he went and chatted to him a bit. That Hugh Grant thing was interesting. I think I missed this. Oh. I, I heard it mentioned somewhere, but I, I wasn't interested enough to go look it up. But now I am. It's not super. Like, it's just shut down. Actually, yeah. Keith Duggan wrote a fantastic piece about Hugh Grant in the Irish Times. Okay. Which was more interesting than the event itself. But right. the, you would need to see the event itself to appreciate. And you're gonna tell me this. <laughs> uh, I. It was kind of. Um, excuse me. The reporter's name escapes me. I didn't. I didn't delve too deeply into it. But it's enthusiastic, glitz and glamour superficial questions yeah. meets Hugh Grant uh, thinly failed dis- uh, disdain for the whole thing and so questions like and this is towards the end when it's gone very badly and what what, what are you wearing mm. who are you wearing whatever what are you wearing <laughs> and Hugh Grant said my suit and at that stage she was like, a bit of a starting to get a bit okay come on but uh, you know who designed it my tailor Okay, thanks so much. Bye. <laughs> that kind of a deal. And she asked him, you're in this new movie. I mean, it was amazing to be part of it, you know. And he was like, what? Well, I was only in it for three minutes. So, and <laughs> so she, he she just like, decided he was going to yeah. be anti the entire industry. Yeah, yeah, painfully so. And then, you know, is there any movie or any actor you hope wins tonight? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. To be right. fair, to be fair, she handled it well. I'd like—I don't know if you've, if you've ever been on that treadmill whereby, like when we used to do festivals back in the day, and you'd have this treadmill of people who were like basically being pushed in by their PRs and just go, "Oh yeah, I just thought that each for ten minutes," and occasionally you will come across one or two who had no interest yeah. in talking, yeah. like no interest, and were shoved in there by their PR, and you just kind of go, yeah, "This isn't working," and you try and dive out of it as quick as you possibly can. So, fair play to her for doing that. And it's not like it's no fun. I know the, the star is going to think they're being cool, but they've said, "Yeah, if you're going to say yeah, do the interview. Don't there be is a, a douche about th- it." There is a sort of power dynamic where it's not big or clever to veer towards rudeness. I think he flirted with rudeness, maybe didn't mm. fully go into it. There was just there was just enough wryness to make it. I understand. I mean, touch difficult here, but it wasn't comfortable for her. I'm sure. No. He presented an award then with Andy McDowell. All right. Okay. Reunited with all their chemistry that they had all those years ago. Is it still raining? I hadn't noticed. I hadn't noticed. <laughs> yeah. That was mainly her fault, I would say. But anyway, there you go. Sorry. Did you not think that worked? That film. <laughs> Great film. Yeah. Hugh Grant, amazing in it. Yeah. Andy McDowell was one of the worst performances in a good movie of all time. Surely. Oof. That is a shout. Mm. No? Is it raining? I hadn't noticed. It's not a great line. That, it's not bad. That's not, she didn't write the line, that's to be fair. Line. It was her delivery yeah, was terrible. That's a tough line. Wooden. Did you feel like she was in love with Hugh Grant right then, that moment, in the rain? No, I never really saw what she saw in him. <laughs> well, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> Remarkably strong char- job. charming kind of, like, chappy. No, he was, yeah, but she was out of his league. Was she? Was she? Ah, here. Yeah, I thought Hugh so. Grant's a handsome man. I know, but Especially he was a bit film. of a mess, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's a handsome mess. Don't know if she was mess. the best. He's a handsome mess. Marrying old men. Well, yeah, but uh, yeah. So, but then maybe she had a type and Hugh Grant was like sharing an apartment and her like other husband was like millionaire, super successful and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's we went. I, I would like to track how we got from Energamine to this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what the jump off... <laughs> 
the jump off. It was, was direct, though. It was direct all the way. Richard Curtis resisted casting Hugh Grant for a long time because he thought he was too good looking for that role. Okay, but eventually, you've 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 trumped me now. You you know more about Four Weddings and a Funeral Your than I do. Level of research. It's a good here, film. It's a good film. Very good film. Very good lines in it. Yeah, yeah. We'll push on. I know acting performances for most of the people in it. Robbie Keane, Tony John Duggan, plus all the uh, main protagonists from Chatham Today. That's coming at half past seven. Uh, someone's typing very slowly. Pete. <laughs> Arthur's typing outside. Pete says, so I had to stay with it. Pete okay. says, Notting Hill is far superior. Pete doesn't contribute much on the show, but when he does, it's important. We have to wait for that typing to come true because he doesn't, he doesn't offer his opinions but all that Pete's much. But when he does... actually an actor. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, sorry, he's an actor. I've seen him on TikTok yeah. there. No, no, he is. Right. What are you an extra in, Pete? <laughs> Brooklyn. Brooklyn? Yeah, he was on the boat. You were on the boat, weren't you? He was on the boat. Is your Sharona one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Good wow. movie. I, well, I don't know if I've ever even seen it, but... I read the book. Oh, no, no, I've seen the film as well. It's, um, it's good. Yeah. There was it's a, Jim Sheridan, isn't it? There's a compelling scene on the boat. <laughs> 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 It's ready to go on. It's four today, Joe. <laughs> right, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Straighten up, everyone. Here we go. The news round brought to you with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Sorry. They've just told us that Pete's never seen Brooklyn either. You're in it. <laughs> Neon Night Edition is available now. So, Richie, we're starting with Chatham. Give us the, the synopsis. Energy men, or Energy mean, claimed back-to-back wins in the Queen Mother Champion Chase today. The feature on day two of the festival. The 6-5 to five favourite came home a full 10 lengths ahead of the Henry de Bromhead trained Captain Guinness. That was Mullins' second winner of the day after Ampar A Pass led home a close Sutton 1-2-3 in the Ballymore Novices hurdle. Henry de Bromhead doubled his tally of winners at the festival with Mascada a 22-1 victor in the Grand Annual. He was asked by Racing TV afterwards if today's rain made him more optimistic for a Mascada win. Yeah, uh, yeah, as much as I would. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, but uh, yeah, we were hoping, you know, it, certainly the ground would suit her and Dara said she absolutely loved it. She won at Limerick at Christmas. The horse she beat has done very well since, so her form was strong and she was a bit disappointing at Leopardstown. We felt the ground might have just been a bit too nice for her there. And yeah, it's brilliant, amazing. Gordon Elliott, Rich. Yeah, not a great festival for him so far, but he did take a fifth win in seven years in the Glen Farkless chase with Delta Work retaining their title. Delta Work's stable mate Galvin was second and Elliot says both will now head for Aintree and the Grand National. Look, it'll be interesting to see what they... I, I think it, it, incon- it, it inconvenienced Delta more the better ground, which okay. I th- that would have made Galvin a better chance. But fairness to Delta, he stays very well. Davey headed him over the last and, and Galvin put, Delta put his head back down. But listen, great to have a winner. We were just short-headed in a lot of seconds. Yeah. We're just the second winner on the board now, so we're, we're happy. Elsewhere, 8-1 to shot the real whacker took the Brown Advisory Novices chase for trainer Patrick Neville. Harry and Dan Skelton combined for 9-1 to shot Langer Dan to win the Coral Cup and the champion bumper the final race of the day went to 7-2 to chance a dream to share. Uh, so John with us half past seven I mean I, I really enjoyed the TV coverage in many ways I mean th- there's a a defensive aspect as in and now we're going to talk to this person about animal welfare and she's going to tell us all the great things they're doing there and oh, now we're talking to this person about how we're basically green and there's no plastic bottles and th- so th- there's that which is kind of interesting if you're just observing where racing mm. is in British uh, culture but I do think you know the interviews with the winners when you know the, the long microphone is out yeah work 
really brilliantly and no. it's, it's a very smooth operation there are a lot of moving parts a lot of different people doing different things and the coverage is really good in that respect and there's a familiarity between the jockey generally and the interviewer because racing is, is that kind of community and you know uh, Rachel Blackmore will turn to Mark Chapman and said well if Willie had listened to you we wouldn't have raced it in this race and yeah. you know there's that kind of thing and and you get some really nice insights Impere Pass who won the first 40 Mullins uh, so the stable hand and the jockey uh, was it Paul Tennant? Name escapes me. I think it might have been Tennant. Regardless, the interesting thing was they were, you know, did you know the horse was this good and what do you expect? And so Jockey initially was saying, oh, like this horse is so lazy in the yard. It does nothing. It won't, won't run. So we thought, you know, good, but didn't know till we got here. So yeah, good. And then Stablehand later came and interviewer was saying, did you know the horse was this good? And she was saying, no, we had no idea because he doesn't do anything yeah. at home. And stuff like that is great. You yeah. know, it's really and lovely. like, I mean, he's on the horse having just won the race while yeah. talking about oh, this. The visuals like, I mean, are cool. this is like, the visuals are cool, but also like it is, it is so raw and immediate. I mean, he is still literally on the course with the horse while he's giving this interview. Like, you're you're so right. I I think we should almost separate, have a completely separate conversation about the defensiveness, about the welfare, and about uh, horse racing's place. But as a TV product for what they do, there was a concern when it went from Channel Four to ITV that it would lose some of that. That they just had it down, you know, and it hasn't. Uh, if anything, it's actually even got a little bit better. And like the names, like I mean, with, with you know, with McCoy and all, like they, they the way they go from they do they seem to do the perfect amount of time everywhere. So they'll have the kind of immediate reaction. They'll have the write down for the interviews. They'll have, you know, and then they'll move on to the next race. They'll go to the betting ring. They'll, you know, or they'll, they'll go to the to, to the parade. Then they'll go to the betting ring. And it's just everything is just time perfection. They've got a, a great cast of characters. Everybody does their job perfectly. It is brilliant sports television. Yeah, you know, and it always kind of has been around Cheltenham as well. And it is like it was such a concern to people when Channel Four racing kind of packed it in that that would leave it but they've just they just know what to do it's the same people involved for the yeah. most part you know Ed Chamberlain is great as well I mean yeah. I was very sad when he left Monday Night Football he's good just a properly good presenter yeah. so there is all of that a few texts in uh, don't worry about Dave the horse there was no mispronouncing Langer Dan today when he romped home at 9 to 1 says Denners and then John says Robert Smith of The Cure the reporter screams are you as excited as me to be here he replies, clearly not. Uh, Four Weddings was on TV last Friday. It has not aged well. Notting Hill far superior, says Zed. I don't think it hasn't aged well. Like, I mean, it's it's of its time. It it's feels time, like yeah. a 90s movie, but it doesn't feel like something that used to be funny but isn't anymore. I watched it over Christmas. Yeah. I thought it was still good. I'd probably lean towards Notting Hill. I don't think I've seen Notting Hill, I have to be honest. I'm not very, sure, oh, but I don't not. think I've seen it. No. Very good. Julia Roberts. Yeah. Who's yeah. Pe- Pep Guardiola named her as one of his three heroes. Did you see this? Yeah, with Tiger Woods and... Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, that's it, yeah. We'll ask Sam Lee about this later on. <laughs> okay. I think he's been serious. He was, yeah, apparently was. in playful form, though, in his... Uh, in his well, interview. he will be. After winning 7 new. Haaland wasn't yeah. happy to have been taken off. You see... He was with, in one of Champions League record... This happened last night, like, and it was like there was something a bit spoil sporty about it. Yeah, he took him off after was it even sixty minutes? It was close to sixty minutes anyway, and it's just like you've just scored five goals. That half an hour that he's going to do on the high of his life to try and score a double hat trick in the Champions League and break a record is more beneficial to him than the half hour rest he's going to get ahead of the weekend. And Pep knows that, and there's just something in it that's like, look who's boss here. 
There just is. Even if he doesn't know it, it's still why he's doing it. Yeah. Totally agree. I mean, I, I called him goal-scoring extrovert last night. I mean, the yeah. more he could have stayed on and scored more goals, the better for him. Yeah. Rest him in the FA Cup at the weekend if you're desperate to rest him. Yeah, exactly. One of the few nights where... That's it. I forgot that they weren't passenger. even playing Premier League this week. They're playing like a, a championship opposition. In the Vincent Company's Burnley. Right, OK. Well, good championship opposition. Best championship team in history, I read somewhere so recently. So they're saying, yeah. 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 Sorry, Rich, where are we going? Uh, we should mention it's Matt Chapman, by the way, on the ITV. Oh, I keep Mark. calling him Mark. Yeah. Mark Chapman kill John Lennon slash presents on the BBC whichever one you want to go for Matt Chapman um, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're drip feeding as well interview and <coughs> an interview he has done with Michael O'Leary across the four days but it's really good and O'Leary doesn't hold back on anything as you might imagine you know yesterday it was like David Russell should never have come back never have come back he's got a young family should have been you know responsible enough to them and you know nothing to prove should never have come back all this kind of stuff he's uh, very forthright very good anyway sorry Champions League Yes, indeed. Uh, Liverpool are no strangers to Champions League comebacks, but they, but they might, must outdo all previous efforts tonight. They went to the second leg of their last 16 tie. Away to Real Madrid, 5-2 down. The teams are in for this one. couple of changes for Madrid. One enforced, one not. Uh, Thibaut Courtois continues in goal. It's a back four of Danny Carvajal, Eder Militao, Tony Rudiger and Nacho, who came on for David Alaba in the first leg and continues there at left back. In midfield, it's Luka Modric, Tony Kroos and Eduardo Camavinga and a front three of Federico Valverde, Vinicius Vinicius Jr. and Karim Benzema. For Liverpool, three changes for them, one of which is at the back. Alison Becker starts in goal. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Ibrahima Kanate, Virgil van Dijk and Andy Robertson are there back four. In midfield then, the duo of James Milner and Fabinho. In front of them, Mo Salah, Diogo Jota and Cody Gakpo. Darwin Nunez leads the line. And there's been extensive crowd trouble in Naples ahead of tonight's second leg clash of Napoli and Eintracht Frankfurt. Several cars, including a police car, have been set on fire in the city centre by a gang of around 600 Eintracht Ultras. German fans uh, weren't allowed tickets for this particular game. That was after crowd trouble in the first leg in Frankfurt. Uh, the Eintracht France have been rounded up and their bus that they were on was then bottled and stoned by locals as well. Napoli hold a 2-0 first leg lead in that tie. Both of tonight's games start at 8. A couple of Premier League games tonight as well. A Southampton win at home to Brentford would see them move off the foot of the table. Gavin Bazunu looking to keep three consecutive clean sheets. And Brighton can pull level on points with Liverpool if they can win at home to Crystal Palace. Evan Ferguson on the bench for Roberto De Zerbi's side. There's a relegation six-pointer in the WSL as bottom side Leicester go to fellow strugglers Tottenham. And Championship Leaders Burnley, as mentioned, are away to Hull City tonight. I do not like the look of that Liverpool team. Midfield's asking for trouble. This could get very, very ugly. Klopp, as he you know does, is attack leaning, so he's going for it. But there's a point where you know try and edge your way in and keep a clean sheet and score one and then maybe two. And if you've got twenty minutes to chase a third, well and good. So the back four fine. So we're we're making this as the midfield two. Fabinho and James Milner yeah. and then ahead of them Darwin Nunes Jota Mo Salah so Salah will not track back whatsoever Jota will be a reasonably honest uh, broker in there but you're talking on the other hand about Camavinga who will run all over those three players Just that's just that's he's just that gifted and brilliant on the ball as well then you're talking Kroos and Modric as well and Benzema's back Vinicius Junior Valverde oof there's a the first thing that jumped to mind was Ireland overreacting to Denmark's lead in the World Cup playoff that time and playing without a midfield, and that did not go well. And that's the one with Cyrus Christie was in midfield. 
Yeah, it was the like one a, where a different game. we had no midfield in the 5 0 in Manzan yeah. Road for the 5 1, sorry, uh, for the World Cup playoff. But yeah, like Jada, I suppose it depends where Jada plays. You know what I mean? Maybe he's thinking of Jada as a, one of the three and just, you know, slightly more and ahead like, in a kind of a Mason Mount style J- role or whatever, yeah. Odegaard or whatever. But, you know. Jada's fit and reasonably yeah. mobile. So, you know, he can, he can sit on whoever's that deeper midfield or of the three for uh, Madrid. I don't know, just Milner and Fabinho. Ugh. Don't know, don't know, don't know. But yeah, his hand is tied in many respects. Uh, there's a tweet into me saying, uh, speaking of drama, you haven't mentioned the significance of today. New season of Ted Lasso, lads. Oh, are, yeah. we, are we yeah, pumped? Yeah. Asks Graham. So I'm on season one, <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. How many seasons am I behind for? No, there's only two. No, this oh, is, is the third one, yeah. Oh, so, this, yeah, oh, so yeah. I can catch up pretty quickly here then. Ah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah. I've loved it so far, but I'm only about five or six episodes in. It's um, Miles behind. I don't think it's very good, but it has loads of heart, so that kind of covers over a multitude. But I don't think it's that good. But it does. I find it enjoyable, though. Do you know? Yeah, like, that's, I, it's like enjoyable. I wanted to watch the next episode. Yeah. Like, all the characters are terrible and sort of a little bit... <laughs> yeah. A little bit top line. It's not trying to be high art. Exactly, but it it's, has, uh, it has it's just, enjoyable. just enough likability. But isn't that what you want sometimes when you, especially when you work until the late hours as we do, Joe? Oh my God. Well, I, Something I'm nice just and simple. tired all the time. We went home and started, we were watching the second season of Slow Horses and halfway through oh, the first tremendous. episode, halfway through the first episode said, I'm not, not keeping up with any of this. Yeah. Where's Ted Lasso when you do? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's uh, not many of them around anymore. The post-race interviews were better on Orty at Leopardstown Christmas when the interviewer also on a horse, says Kieran and Delgany. What does them also being on a horse add, though? <laughs> I don't know, funny, funny or visual. Um, maybe they can level. hear better. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say, though, that the RT um, coverage of racing is is good. They have the same general format, I would say, possibly with slightly it's less busy. people, but it's yeah. exactly. They know when, again, I think the key is not to be anywhere for too long yeah. and to get around that course and to use the, the, you know, the different aspects of what is pre-race and post-race. Um, it's quite something as well, isn't it, when you think, here we are, Cheltenham, and it's Ruby, AP McCoy, and it's an unbelievable Mick Canaan, is it? Mick Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald, Excuse yeah. me, yeah. yeah, excuse me. My, my racing knowledge is obviously uh, showing up there. Fitzgerald. Um, but you he's know, brilliant he, as well. Yeah. He's really good, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the guy with the betting ring is Irish as well. Yeah. Who is? <laughs> Richie. Richie. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the betting guy. <laughs> Come on. It's not John McCurk. Thank God. Shout again, Will. Brian Jennings. Yes. So like it's an, you know, it's an Irish yeah. takeover. Yeah. Of course it is, yeah, yeah. But it's um, that's not an, an unusual thing for racing, especially like every jockey in history has been has been Irish. Really, oh, I know. You know? It's feeling like that. Yeah. Uh, so you have Peter O'Mahony for us. Yeah, he was one of the uh, main folks out in front of the media today, along with Jonathan Sexton ahead of that uh, Grand Slam decider with England. O'Mahony singling out Sexton for special praise today. The Ireland captain is going to play his final ever Six Nations game on Saturday as Andy Farrell's side tried to secure a third Grand Slam of the Six Nations era. O'Mahony says Sexton will leave a huge gap in the squad when he goes. It's been too big a career, too important a career, too long a career to, to, to sit here and sum it up in a few words. You know, it's... Um, you know, he's, he's changed changed rugby, changed Irish rugby, um, obviously for the better, um, you know, teaches people what, are, what it's like to be a professional, um, what it's like to be a, a proper Irish man and, 
um, you know, a good person um, above all. So um, again, you know, all these things add to the occasion at the weekend, but you know, the things we've spoken about and, and everyone's acknowledged and put to one side for, for 80 minutes, you know. It's going to be such a vacuum when Sexton's gone. I mean, when you watch Irish rugby matches, I think all of us, 15% of our attention is just on him at all times. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Just Especially there. The, I, I don't know, I've been to too many games in the last few years when I was covering games in like kind of 2017, 2018. I find by just eyes just like absolutely just saying what's Johnny doing and yeah. and how much is that going to impact what happens next you know yeah there's just like this I mean so influential the skill set he's brilliant and when he's on the ball there's like a certain intelligence just emanating of him you know you can just see yeah. uh, he's, he's operating at a different level I, like I hate the thought of him not being there I think we should start a one more year chant on Saturday regardless <laughs> how it goes but, I mean it's it's a last are you a last the, throw of the dice are you on pitch side on Saturday yeah yeah, which is okay. great. Very Amazing. good. And do you stay there for the game? I think you. I don't know actually. Okay. Generally, we're in studio. Obviously, I think you can. You can go to the truck, right, and watch on TV there, which I will probably do because if you're just watching, I, like I'd say, the lads will watch from the stand somewhere. I'll okay. go truck because you just need to see if there's a red card and it's yeah. you know borderline. You need replays and all that kind okay. of. Like you're very much working at it still, so I won't just be out in the. You're not relying on a, like a lift not breaking down or something like that for you to get back on the pitch. No, no, no. no it's the, like you'll be in the stands and, okay. and near enough to pitch side, as I understand it. Right, okay. I, I Looking forward to seeing it. Lash Hope it doesn't day. rush right. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're there for the, we got the French-Wales uh, match. So we're doing, Are you doing that at the pitch in the Aviva? Doing coverage of that first from oh, the Aviva. Wow. So it's, got, it's totally going to rain all day. There's a very Johnny Sexton quote, by the way, about Saturday. So here's a man not losing his focus. I would never be able to live with myself if I don't turn up and play well. That's my focus. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where his head's at. Yeah. If uh, he does, if Johnny Sexton like plays well, breaks the record, captains Ireland to a Grand Slam uh, winning trophy lift, he should not play the Viva games in the World Cup warm-ups. I know, I totally agree. You know what I mean? I don't want to see him in green in the Aviva Stadium ever again unless he decides to play another year after the World Cup which yeah. isn't going to happen I, t- I could not agree more yeah. good that's, that's <laughs> we're on the same page there Rich do you want one last story Brian Gleeson by the way not Brian Jennings we've been inundated <laughs> with corrections on that front <laughs> Will, having a great one here Brian tonight. Jennings reads the news on Morning Ireland Will O'Callaghan Brian screamed Jennings. Brian Jennings into my ear <laughs> Jennings Brian Jennings he said uh, his son won on the last uh, race of the day by the way today we're having a day of <laughs> it Joe- we are, yeah. Joe Hodge is going to have to settle for a place in the Republic of Ireland under 21 squad for this month's friendly with Iceland at Turner's Cross. The midfielder had been tipped for a senior call up after making nine appearances for Wolves this season. Jim Crawford has named 13 previously uncapped players, including Tommy Cannon, who's on loan at Preston from Everton. He scored last night as well. Cork City pair Jimmy Corcoran and Matt Healy have also been called up for that game at their home ground, along with Johnny Kenny, who's on loan at Chamber Grovers from Celtic. Meanwhile, much sought after Clifton Vale winger Sean Moore has been named in the Ireland under-19 squad for their Euro qualifiers with Slovakia, Estonia and Greece. The 17-year-old happened at the centre of a cross-border tug-of-war which has now been won by the FAI. Very good. Someone says, Brian Gleeson, these 30-cent corrections are adding up. I know. (laughs) (laughs) They were in with us with Matt Chapman earlier as well. What was I saying? Mark, where am I getting that from? BBC's... Kill John Lennon. Yeah, and not, not John Lennon's assassin. Okay. Uh, That is us done for the news around the scene. Rich, thanks Mill. Nice and lads. Mick, thank you. Thanks a million lads.